This is Tonkabon episode 70. This week we'll be going over Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 22, as well as our Kill Blue Scattering Report. Uh, my name is Cole Greco, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? I'm doing pretty great. I did the uh, 10K race that I had mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of glad to have that out of the way. It was my <laughs> first time going to the Flying Pig, and... Yeah, it it was pretty interesting. I was surprised, like, even for the 5 and 10K races, how many people actually showed up and how mm-hmm. much free stuff we got for just, like, showing up. Mm-hmm. Was there, uh, was that, like, the, the biggest race you had done? Definitely. Um, I had done a couple 5Ks, but that was, like, the first 10K that I'd done and, like, okay. definitely the most attended that I'd been yeah. to. The first mile was just, like trying not to knock people over yeah if you're if you start like anywhere but the first say five to ten kind of rows of people in like a you know one of those bigger races the first miles like, almost a crapshoot yeah it was it was pretty ridiculous <laughs> and then you have that compiled with like the fact that a lot of people come to this particular one wearing like a costume or holding a huge mm. american flag for some reason that was <laughs> a that was a big like archetype interesting <laughs> that's funny um yeah i've never run i've never run any of those races but i know that the like the marathon the half marathon course it, are like particularly hilly is the is the 10k the same way the 10k was pretty hilly but uh my mom did the half marathon the following day mm-hmm. and part of it was i mean if you're if you're listening you probably don't know what this is unless you're from the cincinnati area but Outside of the Cincinnati Art Museum, there's this like huge hill in the park. Mm-hmm. And I looked on Strava and the incline was like, no joke, like 212 feet for the mile. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really glad. I'm thinking about running it next year, but I'm really glad I didn't have to do that yesterday because there was a huge thunderstorm that happened during the race mm-hmm. and they like almost called it off. Mm-hmm. But... I guess, you know, a lot of people travel, like, across the country for this, so yeah, I think there'd be a lot of uproar if they canceled it. Yeah, it's kind of like, unless it's, like, actually, you know, like, 100% going to be dangerous, you kind of sort of just have to run it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I feel like it's probably more memorable that way, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my dad ran a Chicago Marathon a year when it got up to, like, 85 degrees, and he oh, said they damn. had to they had to close the course at one point because they ran out of water because he and everyone else was taking like six and seven cups of water at each stop. He wow. was like, you know, he was like, yeah, I'd pour like three or four over my head and stuff and then drink two or three. And so they just kept like running out of water because it was literally like 85 degrees. He was like, it was miserable. Wow, that, that's, a, that's insane. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you said, more memorable that way. That's like the only marathon story of his that I, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the more miserable it is, because it's already, like, kind of a torture experience, Mm -hmm. like, masochism. Like, the more miserable, the better. Yep, exactly. Um, All right, do we want to hop into uh, Weekly Show and Jump, issue number 23 here? Yeah, let's go. All right, so our lead color page and cover page goes to Do Retry, Do do Retry. Um, Horrible name. Yeah, however that's pronounced. Uh, color pages for the Elusive Samurai, Mashal, and Undead Unluck. Uh, at the number one spot is me and Roboco, followed by One Piece, Tenmaku Cinema, Sakamoto Days, Kill Blue, My Hero Academia, and then Blue Box. 
Uh, I forgot to point out the new badges on uh, Timaku Cinema and Kill Blue. So Blue Box is our number five. Um, at number six is Akanobanashi, followed by Witch Watch, Ichinose Family's Deadly Sins, Mission Yozakura Family, and then at number 10 is Fabricant 100, and then our last place spot goes to Cypher Academy with Black Clover and Jutsu Kaisen both being absent. Um, yes, yeah, a small issue this week, I feel like. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. It feels, I mean, I guess it's because Black Clover and JJK are missing, but it feels unusually thin. Mm-hmm. And... There's really there's only one one shot too. Usually they kind of pad it out with extra stuff. But yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I wonder yeah, if I wonder if this was just like a yeah small issue or like mm-hmm. they added some extras in there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but there's yeah, there's only like whatever sixteen maybe like actual uh, actual manga in there or something like that. That's pretty crazy. Um, but our. Uh, our new series, uh, Do Retry. <laughs> I want to get your uh, your thoughts on this because I texted you my thoughts uh, yesterday when <laughs> I read it. <laughs> well, up front, for those who like haven't checked it out yet or aren't familiar, Do Retry, which I don't know. It's some, some places I've seen it like both words in the title are smashed together into mm-hmm. one like weird portmanteau. Sometimes they're separated. Yeah. But either way, it really doesn't make any sense. Like, what does do retry mean? <laughs> but it's the follow-up manga from the creator of Bone Collection. Uh, and the yeah, it's June Kir- Kirarazaka is the mangaka here. But Bone Collection is notorious for being an extremely poorly received series that I don't even think made it to... Like, this was one of the more recent under-18 club manga that, like, didn't even make it to 18. Yeah, I think it was, it, it was, it was 15. 15. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Like, even for bad manga, mm-hmm. it's, like, a whole other tier. Ichigoki's made pretty, it further than that. Yeah, exactly. And Ichigoki's <laughs> felt, like, extremely rushed. Yeah. And this one, even more so, like, horrible, uncomfortable just like lazy manga with bad artwork that mm-hmm. like I, they sort of did like half of an arc and then just went straight into the finale which lasted like three chapters and ended with a wedding scene just like a, a whole mess but the artwork in that series was really bad and the artwork in the series it's weird because it feels more polished mm-hmm. but no better yeah, it just feels like an, an HD upscaled AI version <laughs> of yes. Bone Collector's artwork. Yep. That's the best description for it. It's like when you yeah, when you see like a whatever, an N64 game and they're like, we're gonna remaster this. And then you see it, then it's like, ah, it still looks like shit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly I think how one this of the is. Thing- yeah. <laughs> Everything looks so smooth. Mm-hmm. It looks very, like, digital, and I understand that everyone's, like, using, you know, iPads and stuff to draw it, but this is, like, particularly so. Everything, um, the the screen tones are horrible. <laughs> I mean, they're all, like, completely vertical, like, there's no sort of, like, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like there was any thought into putting them in there. It was just sort of like, oh, we need a, we need a pattern here, so just, like, let's just grab one and just paste it over. Yeah. And I think, like, another thing that I really hate about this is that the artwork, 
doesn't really match the subject matter at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, to give a quick background, this story is supposed to be a sort of, like, classic shonen boxing series, but the twist is that it's set during, like, right at the end of World War Two, And so the Jap- Japanese are being, like, occupied by Western soldiers. Uh, this kid's living in poverty. He doesn't have any parents. He's basically boxing to, like... Uh, raise money for his sick sister so it's got this really like dark grave of the fireflies-esque <laughs> subject matter and tone mm-hmm. but the artwork is like you know the art art the artwork reminds me of those like horrible fan service series that you get once a year like nagatoro-san or zaki-chan that like get super popular on reddit but yes. nobody with any taste actually cares about like mm-hmm. he looks like the protagonist here looks like one of the female protagonists from those series because he's got this like deranged look in his eyes fangs that are always protruding from his lips no matter what his facial expression is he's always looking he always looks really sweaty mm-hmm. like nothing about this really fits the tone like there's a scene where like planes are dropping bombs on his hometown and he's still just kind of he he looks like super goofy and unbothered mm-hmm. yeah it the whole thing man even going back i showed i sent you the picture of he's like standing up after like getting beat down and there's just like these guy fieri looking flames around <laughs> the edge of it yes. like the whole thing it's just it feels it looks like a manga that you would see on like webtoons oh yeah that has like you know 400 views or something like that it's like man it just like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel real so you look at this it, it's totally amateurish and the yeah i mean and that's just the art not even to get into like the actual like story of it who who care, who gives a shit about this guy? I can't. I cannot imagine being like reading this first chapter and be like, "Yep, this is it. This is great." Like, this is the most yep. stock standard, tired. Like, I'm gonna make a manga sort of story I've ever I've ever seen. This it's so bad, and like. I'm I'm looking at this one particular page. It's um if you go to like the final page and then turn back to like the fourth to last page, mm-hmm. there is this full page illustration of a boxing match taking place in this like underground fight club. And if you're gonna make a manga that's like about boxing, I wanna see some like, you know, realistic form and posture yeah. and anatomy. This dude's arm, if you look at his right arm. Like, what's going on? It looks like an action figure where his, like, arm is just protruding (laughs) from the front of his body. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not bending in a way that's actually possible for the human body to bend. His arm is just, like, completely shifted to the center of his body. Like, where's his shoulder? He doesn't Mm -hmm. have a shoulder. And and the guy who's getting hit is just... What's What's up with the guy who's getting hit's legs? They're, like, twisted inwards yeah and even his like abdominal muscles look like crocodile scales like it looks like something out of an hr geiger alien concept art illustration Mm -hmm. oh it's man it's so it's so bad and this is the like the tagline for this is the post-war boxing manga and there's no boxing there's three panels of boxing 
Yeah, and okay, I'm like, yeah, even his boxing gloves, like, I, it doesn't look like he has thumbs. <laughs> like, I don't think this guy knows how to draw fingers correctly, so he just sort of like drew like little nubs that are mm-hmm. <laughs> curled around with gloves on. Like, this looks like down to the weird like anatomy of everybody's body. This looks like it was drawn written and conceptualized by artificial intelligence trained <laughs> on every new series that has debuted over the past three years mm-hmm. yep like it's uncanny valley the manga and the only thing that's sort of setting it apart from anything else in shonen jump is that it's set during like the late 1940s i can't think of another series in recent memory that has this type of setting, so I guess it's got that going for it. Yeah, yeah. Points, to me, it points feels for like picking another, a yeah. unique <laughs> a unique time. But at the same point, I feel like it's yet another series that kind of just feels like Demon Slayer translated into a slightly different setting because you got mm-hmm. this boy, he's orphaned, and he's like trying to save his sister, who you know they're super close and. There's these sort of like creepy looking adults that are dragging this kid around, making him do stuff. Like it looks like Demon Slayer fan art. Yeah. Well, and the the whole setup for chapter one is the exact same as Ayashiman and Chainsaw Man. That's true. <laughs> like it, it just it's it's one for one. I don't know, man. I was and like, like <laughs> yeah, I was kind of looking forward to it, like hoping that the the bone collection, you know, manga could could, could pull something out. But this is this is bad. <laughs> I have I have no interest in ever reading another chapter of this again. And the writing, I, I gotta like, I gotta talk about that for a second too, because this is it's already like first chapters of series are usually pretty heavy on the exposition, mm-hmm. but here like. Every bit of dialogue is just exposition. It's yes. like, wow, we're living in a post-war age, and every they're, they're Americans living in our city, but people have started to like them, and man, my parents are dead, and it sucks. Like, everything somebody says is just like them dumping elements of the plot onto you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And the... Uh... The, the another egregious part too is the whole sort of like deal with this main character and i understand this is like a, a shonen manga thing but like he's just he's just like naruto he's he's done his like his believe it or like this is my ninja way like six different times in the span of these 55 pages and his whole strength is so cliche too it's just like <laughs> oh he's not very strong but he always gets back up mm-hmm. like that that's that's pretty much like every chapter of Naruto for the first like 10 volumes is just somebody getting knocked down and being like, I will never stay down. Exactly. But that's also like every other, that's every shonen manga that came out in the 90s, but that's a concept we've left in the 90s. Like we've mm-hmm. moved past that now. <laughs> yep. The the only like sort of fun or interesting character is his younger sister who, you know, naturally like he's yeah. really weak. So she happens to be strong. Which, like, once again, is pretty cliche, but she's at least, like, kind of fun when she's there, because she just shits on the main character, like, like the reader yeah. wants to. Um, and, you know, she's now gonna, like, I mean, she's obviously not going to die. He's gonna get the money and save her, but, you know, she's <laughs> she, she's on the, <laughs> on the back burner already. <laughs> 
everything about this series conceptually feels extremely safe and like catered to appeal to i guess the people that would be editors at shonen jump like it's a historical series it's a boxing series and i feel like we mentioned this in past episodes but like in the 70s and 80s boxing and wrestling series were huge at shonen jump so i feel like it kind of you know appeals to this nostalgia factor for longtime manga readers mm-hmm the plot feels pretty stock standard and even the typeface for the title on like the you know first black and white page and the color page it's just helvetica font <laughs> yes it's not kerned there's no they didn't change they just they just typed do retry onto a page and didn't add anything yes it's it's worse than the tonkabon logo i made in canva <laughs> it's horrible man <laughs> exactly what are they doing <laughs> yeah it uh, i just man and the art the art on this this like second color page or whatever that that has the logo on it it's like proto boichi webtoon like what is it it's so why is it why is it like blurred and shiny like why is everything so shiny in this it uh, yeah i just i don't want to read this This is gonna be terrible yeah (laughs) even the cross hatching on the color page is like it looks like the same like little cross hatch just like copy and pasted over and over again Oh yeah, it's a procreate brush. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, this this is so bad. It's the, horrible. The longer you look at it and the more you zoom in, the more amateurish it looks. Like you could go onto Pixiv or like <laughs> DeviantArt and find like five, ten other people that could do this exact same thing way better. Mm-hmm. Yep. I saw a thing that the uh the mangaka was had been um assisting matsui uh fairly recently on uh um whatchamacallit elusive samurai and uh you know matsui did not uh did not teach him very much or or very much from from what i can tell yeah <laughs> honestly though looking at this manga it has all of the sort of the negative qualities of matsui's art like the uncanny valley characters the sort of bad use of screen tones um yeah, <laughs> it's it's everything. When you see a Matsui pen, you're like, ah, that's not quite it. <laughs> that's what this entire manga is. <laughs> <sighs> I'm still right. like dead at this this like firebombing page that's supposed to like fill me with sadness, but instead. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at it with pure confusion. Like, there's so many things going on on this page, and the perspective is... I'm, I'm looking at an illustration with, like, five different perspectives, art styles, and scenes happening at the same time. These little like, silhouette just... people burning in the bottom right corner is wild. Yeah, this guy does not have the chops to pull off something this ambitious. No. Like... This is a this is an illustration that Miura or Araki would like have a tough time pulling off. Mm-hmm. Instead, this person pulled out the cover for like the book thief or something. Yeah, <laughs> like you you are, you are not that guy. Yep. Don't even try this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any other uh, Dorothy notes or do retry notes or should we uh, should we move on? We'll 
We can we can punch down on it more next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll have a lot more to say <laughs> in um, the future. The next uh, color page is Elusive Samurai. Uh, I don't have any Elusive Samurai notes. Um, do you have anything on Mashal or Undead Unluck? Um, I will say this week's Elusive Samurai color page is actually really sick. I know we were just kind of ripping on Matsui's artwork. But he went all out on this color page. A lot oh, of yeah. great colors, mm-hmm. like cool layering of these fish. Um, it's one of his better color pages. I feel like he he always surprises me when he gets like the chance to go all in with his artwork. Yeah, that last one was pretty good too. The one that had Nogami Nuro and uh, Koro Sensei on it. Yeah, he's kind of killed yeah. it with the the color pages. The Mashal color page, on the other hand, pretty cool, but like. Eh. He just kind of phoned it in. It's just a portrait with a blank backdrop. Mm-hmm. Let's check out our uh, our undead unluck one. Oh, the undead unluck had the uh, the character popularity poll and didn't do anything. Not a lot of people fun. voted on that either. No, they really this didn't. Kind of. <laughs> Usually, there's at least a little bit more participation in these, especially for a series that like I don't know. I feel like undead unluck doesn't have a huge cast. Yeah, yeah, it's, so it's, it's not like it would be that split up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how does Fuko win, man? Who who likes her? She's objectively <laughs> exactly. one of the worst characters. Yeah, at least at least pick Andy. He's at least kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bad color page. Um, and I don't have any notes on uh, either of those either of those series. Yeah. Um, the number one spot, me and Roboco. I haven't read this week's Roboco chapter, but I feel like last week's was actually pretty decent. Um, yeah, last week was like, uh, they were, I don't know if it was actually a thing, but they sort of like were riffing on, I guess, something that Blue Box might have done for like one of its anniversaries. Um, so they're doing this thing where they were like voting on the best Roboco moments, but she's just like making a bunch of them up. I thought it was pretty, that was pretty good. It was a very me and Roboco chapter. Yeah, I thought I, I like the appearance of Blue Box. Um, I know that I've been looking at Mira, uh, the Blue Box Mira's Twitter recently. It's like doing research for my book club. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the, it seems like Miyazaki and Mira seem to have some sort of friendship because they're always like drawing fan art of each other's characters and replying to each other's tweets yeah that's so sick. i'm here for it that's like mm-hmm. that's the ultimate Tonkaban alliance yep absolutely also you know shout out to both those artists for just having like unfortunate last names to to be manga yeah, exactly. or, like, you know in, in the manga and anime world <laughs> Um, One Piece is at number two. Uh, don't have anything really to say on on One Piece. Um, uh, Tenmaku Cinema. Uh, I thought the last chapter was pretty decent. Um, I don't know what the kind of the scope of this story is going to be. Like, are we're already about to start like filming a a movie with this like popular actress? Like, where are we? I don't know where we're setting up to to go with this one. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like. I'm kind of thankful things are moving quickly. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want too much exposition, but the scope feels a little too big. Like, I'd like to see them start maybe a little from more humble beginnings. Because this dude's never really even made a movie before. He's just like an enthusiast. Yeah, exactly. I'd like Let's to have seen like him like, make a commercial or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're like going from zero to a thousand yep. <laughs> over the course of like an afternoon. It's crazy. Yeah, they're t- they're talking budgets and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like this dude's barely even picked up a camera before. Mm-hmm. Um, at the number three spot, we have Sakamoto Days. I think we're still in this sort of uh, flashback arc, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Um, yeah, we're we're deep in it. Yep. Uh, man, I thought this was going to be like a quick little thing when we jumped in, and now we've been here for like 10 weeks now, I feel like. Yeah, I'm pretty bored. Like, let's move on. I yeah. don't really, I don't want to know about these villains that we're probably never going to see again. Mm-hmm. Especially since, I mean, you know, I'm not going to complain too, too much because I do, you know, I, I actually am enjoying this like a decent amount, but like every single chapter is basically just the the magica being like let me just draw the coolest action scenes like 10 times and that's all we're getting over and over and over again it feels like you know it's like eating cotton candy for like breakfast lunch and dinner it's like all right let's let's do something like a little bit different like this is pretty cool and all but you know it's it's been 10 weeks of cotton candy (laughs) yeah it feels like it could use a bit more downtime we get Mm -hmm. it occasionally now but i did like and this is the same sort of complaint I occasionally have for Yazakura family. But I kind of liked the series when it was more of a blend of comedy and action. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like an action series that just like occasionally has like a little goofy moment sprinkled in. Yeah, exactly. Um, next up, we have our next uh, new series, Kill Blue. Uh, I think we'll probably hit anything we have to say about that in uh, the, the next kind of segment. Um, yeah. Number four, My Hero Academia. Um, man, I feel this like it's most been so recent long. chapter. Yeah, we have the sort of this might be the end of the fight between Dobby and Endeavor. Uh, looks I like Endeavor that fight might already be. ended. <laughs> Me too. That's why I was like kind of shook when they reappeared. But <laughs> I think Endeavor might be might be sacrificing himself to like have both of them flame out. I don't know though. I, I couldn't really. S- they never really pull the trigger on actually killing off any of their characters. I was so. gonna say, just wait f- until Edge shot appears. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but there's some cool artwork in this recent chapter. It's pretty, uh, pretty detailed and gritty. So That's... you know he's still flexing his artistic muscles. That's really mm-hmm. all you can ask for anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's pretty par for the course for uh for Horikoshi. I feel like, you know, as yep. as much as I dislike uh kind of where my hero is at right now, you can't really hate on the on on the art or at least like the uh I do feel like he's trying, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Um next up number five, blue box. What was the last blue box one? I feel like blue box this last chapter. Oh, this is just Taiki taking a quick L after his 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 one dub for the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's really uh, in an awkward situation right now. But at the same point, uh, this is this is peak Shonen Jump right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, like best chapter of the week. Yeah, this week. I wish we uh, got to see more of the tournament, though. We kind of mm-hmm. just saw that, like, oh, they they lost, and yeah. we saw like a little shot of the winning team lined up getting their trophy. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm just kind of flipping through this week's chapter. The kind of cover oh, page for it is awesome, and uh, 
I love all the, they're like going to the New Year's Shrine and stuff. Love all the cold weather outfits everyone's wearing. They're all so cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we, can, we can talk about it more next week too, but the end of this chapter is great and we get this cliffhanger ending where Taiki hits Chinatsu with the we need to talk text, which oh, is let's go. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they end chapter 99 ending on an absolute banger of a cliffhanger. Chapter 100 is going to be crazy. There we go. That's man. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> um, number six, Akanabanashi. Uh, Got to get refreshed. It's been so long. It was, it was weird not having uh, Weekly Shonen Jump oh, I know. last week. Or yeah, um, yeah. I do like where we're at right now. I've not read you know this week's chapter, but I like that she's sort of being taught by the guy that her dad taught. I think that's you know stuff like that is always it's cliche, but it's it's fun. Yeah. And as always, Akanabanashi is sort of able to make the cliches feel fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, number seven is Witch Watch. Do we have anything good in uh, in Witch Watch this week? Um, so last week, or I guess last issue, we had this sort of this setup where they're trying to um, shit. What's the protagonist's name again? I'm Morihito. Yeah, they're trying to sort of, like, break this weird, like, ogre curse barrier that he's had around his heart by making him, you know, so in love with our protagonist that he just, like, is no longer stoic anymore. And Mm -hmm. in this recent chapter, they're sort of talking about how their plan is failing, and Morhito overhears them by eavesdropping with, like, a earbud? I don't know how that works. (laughs) But by, like listening in on their conversation he realizes that she has a crush on him and it looks like he actually is looks like the sort of barrier broke so we might Mm. get to see like a pretty big progression of the plot coming soon big stuff coming from both blue box and witch watch it seems like yeah i like how they've kept this sort of curse thing going with him like they keep bringing it up every handful of chapters because it's something that i wish that sket dance had done like sket dance would bring up like uh what's his name when the the student council president guy turns into a like a dog or like a cat or like has the behavior of a dog or a cat or whatever and they, they brought it up for, like, back-to-back chapters and then never again. Like, I wish stuff like that was things that they would keep bringing up a little bit. Um, and they just kind of never never did everything. Just sort of got, like, washed away or resolved. Um, so, I do like that they, you know, kind of like they never got rid of this curse, but it's still just there. Yeah. We also get to see some uh, backstory for Morihito to, like, some shots of him uh, the first time that he actually met the witch and mm. um, some cool stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight, Ichinose Family's Deadly Sins. I thought the chapter 22 was actually like fairly weak. I saw people kind of freaking out about this one on Reddit, but uh, it, it kind of seemed like something that, I don't know, it was, it was fairly expected. This wasn't like a, a big shocking reveal, I didn't feel like. Yeah, they they kind of every reveal is just kind of like an extra layer to the dream now mm-hmm. i feel like they need to really shake things up for me to continue being shocked although next week once you read chapter 23 
we might have more to talk about in that regard. Okay. Because there's a pretty wild reveal at the end. Okay, there we but go. Yeah. Um, I feel like there have been so many wild reveals that it doesn't feel that crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the it's just only jump scares, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, number nine, Yozafam. Uh, this series, I can. Uh, it, it does seem like at least you know, like I said, not read this week's chapter, but maybe we're gonna get uh introduced to to everyone again. Uh, I think it's kind of lame that Kyoichiro's the the principal of the the kids' school. Uh, but yeah, you know, I guess you gotta you gotta yeah, fit him he- in somewhere. I feel like they really need to like keep him away from kids, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. This guy is a, a menace. <laughs> um, number ten, Fabricant One Hundred, just terrible. Yeah, there's, um, there's also, I saw <laughs> you sent me this article the other day that was like, <laughs> "Why Fabricant One Hundred is the darkest series in <laughs> Shonen Jump history," and it didn't it didn't sell me on it at all. No, not at all. I yeah, man. Everything that, like, there's nothing interesting ever said about Fabricant 100, probably from us or from people that like it. Right, like, It's yeah. just, I don't know. Come, and it's it's done, too, right? Like, this series is getting axed and at some point. Yeah. Except, based on sort of how we're going right now, since nothing got axed would do retry, and I don't think anything's getting axed next week, it seems like this might be a... Uh, kind of a Tokyo Dion Bride story uh, Ginka and Gluna situation where it like sits in that weird point from getting axed so we're gonna end up with this for like 27 or like 30 chapters. Especially because our number 11 and final series Cypher Academy is sitting in last place which is really unfortunate because mm-hmm. we're finally done with this sort of like Card weird game. leaky poker game whatever it was called mm-hmm. and there's some pretty cool like reveals that happened yeah part of me almost feels like this series only has a couple weeks left to go though Mm -hmm. Um, yeah because in this most recent one there's like this sort of thing where a protagonist is talking about how they're thinking about leaving the academy and it's revealed that she's like i went they're like i went to an all i think i went to an all girls school or it was I went to like an all boys school and they spared me in the situation because I was a girl. I I wasn't really sure what this reveal was that like the character was is actually like transgender or that she was like they were mistaken for a girl. It's one of those situations in manga uh, where I can't I really tell the, what they're going for. I think but the it's main character, cool. the main character, at least up to you know i've not read this week's chapter is a guy like they said that in yeah. in chapter one it's like i'm one of the only guys to ever go to you know whatever their school is called yeah huh but then like in this reveal in the final chapter it's like i went to an all boys school and i was the only girl there so I'm oh like, interesting I don't, I don't know what they're what they're going for hmm. but it ends with, it, it's in the kitchen yeah <laughs> It starts with this pretty crazy, like, sequence of panels where the protagonist is just breakdancing. <laughs> oh, I'm down with that. I lo- I actually liked Chapter 21 quite a bit. Um, I love the the sort of reveal with, uh, like, our anonymity requested girl. She, like, pulls this mask thing off that has, like, the, the censored eyes, like, stuck to it. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I love this sort of idea that she had just been wearing this, like, you know, 
clear mask, like this purge mask the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of fun ideas in this series and not really enough time to completely flesh them out. But Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, I like the, I see the vision. Yep, exactly. Um, what does it for this week's weekly show to jump next week? We've got a new series, new diviner. Um, I think that's like a, an exorcist kind of thing. So we'll, we'll see how that one fares compared to do retry. Um, and then we have color pages from Akana Banashi, do retry and mission Yozakura family, Uh pretty weak color page group other than, uh, yeah. uh Akana Banashi. But you know they can't. They I can't. I really am not looking ours. forward to the do retry. <laughs> no, not page. at all. Yeah, I don't want to see that. <laughs> um. All right. Well, do we want to hop into our uh, kill blue scouting report? Yeah. Um. So as last week and as we've done in the past, we're doing this on a baseball scouting report rating scale from twenty to eighty. Twenty being absolutely like abysmal just complete incompetence 80 being generational goat level talent and i'm going to be rating it using the different criteria or categories that my anime list uses so the first uh attribute is its story and on the story front i'm gonna go this may be a bit high but i'm gonna go 40 to 45 even though spy series and like especially series that combine kids and spies are a bit overdone right now i kind of like this idea of the spy being like an adult trapped in a kid's body and having it be this sort of fusion between uh, action and slice of life series so Mm -hmm. just off the rip from these like first three chapters it's been kind of cool to like see where they go with the story it's nothing super unique or crazy, but you know it, it, the writing's been fun so far, and I think for Fujimaki, it's hooked me a lot quicker than his previous series, which were Kuroku's Basketball and uh, Robot Laser Beam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think the the story isn't like you know some ten out of ten or something like that. It's pretty it's pretty safe um, and generic, but I mean. I feel like so far, at least, like I've been enjoying it. I thought this this second chapter was actually, you know, pretty good. Like, you know, it, like I said, there's nothing that's like jumps out as being like incredible, but it feels it feels pretty well done, which is more than I can say for ninety percent of new series. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel about the artwork too. Where I would give mm-hmm. that like a forty to forty five. I think the artwork is definitely a step up from his two previous series. You can see the like evolution and improvement. And there are, cha- there are panels and drawings that are technically impressive and look kind of stylish. Once again, there's never been a panel in this series that like blew me away. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's nothing that I've looked at where I'm like, oh, that looks totally off or I hate this character's design. Once exactly. again, it's just like very competent. Mm-hmm. And you know, to be honest, uh, most um, most high school series have like lame school uniforms. Kind of like these school uniforms. These are actually sort of cool. They just look like tracks. That suits. is true. <laughs> yeah, the series definitely has like a sleek and stylish look, mm-hmm. especially especially within the context of like where the magazine's at right now. 
I feel like everything's either super sketchy, like a Sakamoto days or a Jujutsu Kaisen, or almost like too round and flat, like um, like do retry <laughs> or something like. I, obviously, I know it's not in this, not in the magazine right now, but Doctor Stone, like something like that. Mm-hmm. Like this is right in the middle where yeah. there is like a edginess to it. But it still feels pretty clean. It feels and closer to, like, to like Witch Watcher yeah. Sket Dance to me in art style. It feels uh, Shinohara esque. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm gonna bump it. I'm gonna say like a solid forty five. Now that I'm really thinking about it, mm-hmm. and once again, I didn't care for the art in like Kuroku Basketball at all. So I, I definitely gotta give him props. This looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um. So next up, character. Gonna go with like between 35 and 40 here these are pretty stock characters yeah we might get to see more development as we move along but nothing's like jumping out at me Mm -hmm. it's pretty standard yep i i agree yeah none of these characters are blowing me away they're all about you know you see them come on the page the first time and you're like yep i know exactly what this person's deal is and you are 100 percent right every time (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah And in terms of enjoyment, I'm going to go 40. Like I said before, I really like the concept, and I think there's a lot of fun things they can do with it. Mm-hmm. Thus far, it's kind of starting to feel like a bit of a another like Sakamoto Days type situation where every panel is just, or every chapter is going to have sort of drawn out like fight or action sequence where they're just kind of trying to stuff some crazy ideas in there. Mm-hmm. But what I really want to see more of is these characters interacting more especially in the most recent chapter there's been the the cast has expanded a bit and we've gotten to know at least three three or four characters pretty well and it leaves a lot of room for them to you know explore different plot lines or put different combinations of characters on the screen together and see how they interact Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. there's some potential yeah i i i'm liking this one quite a bit i think of this new batch so far i like this one the best um and you know i i enjoyed timaku cinema too but this one just feels i don't know it maybe it's just the sort of uh like the kind of the yakuza gangster like background but it feels very uh like like the yakuza games like if if you told me this was like a you know this was one that they were gonna create like some sort of spin-off thing i'd be like yep that sounds like pretty par for the course um so i'm actually you know i'm kind of enjoying the like the humor and the the style of it and i think like tenmaku cinema i feel like the potential for this one kind of outweighs the sum of its parts Mm -hmm. like i said there's a lot they can do with this and it's still pretty new so I think as long as they sort of stick to the characters and don't rely so much on like flashy action sequences, I think there's definitely a place for this series. And I think it does well on the humor front. In terms of how long I could see see this series going, this feels like conceptually and like based on the author's track record, I could see this one going pretty long. Like, Mm -hmm. I could see it hitting, at least coming close to or touching 100 chapters. You've got a mangaka with a pretty proven track record producing what's, in my opinion, his, like, most polished work yet. Like, I I could see it doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think this is one that that survives, and then from there it's all kind of, you know, 
however they want the the story to go. But yeah, I, I agree. I think this one, I can definitely see it sticking around for at least a couple of years. Yeah, to me, it feels like where I could see it, like best case scenario is minor hit territory, like mm-hmm. uh, Yoza Fam or Witch Watch, where it may not like be breaking records, but yeah. I think people, it's going to get a, I think it could get a following, mm-hmm. a cult following even. Yeah, it'll have its its Undead Unluck style like fan base. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. There's going to be people who in like Twitter threads are going to be like, check out Kill Blue before it's too late. Don't let this one get axed. Oh, absolutely. Well, they already do that with uh, Kuroko's basketball panels. Anytime someone brings up sports, anime, or manga, like you have to read Kuroko's basketball. It's like, do I really have to read Kuroko's basketball? Yeah, (laughs) I'm looking at the uh, Manga Plus comments for the most recent (laughs) chapter and the top one is please go past chapter 29 and become the next Sakamoto. So I, I, okay. I think, yeah, that's exactly right. That's, yep. It's going to be one of those series where people are constantly like, this one's underrated. Yep. I bet people are already saying that about do retry. I don't, I don't dare delve into the, <laughs> to, to the manga plus comments for that one. I saw one Reddit thread and I was like, I need to, I need to get out of this. It's like, it's, it's just going to annoy me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. There's. I know. There's somebody out there that already thinks like do retry is the next Demon Slayer. Oh man the the R manga thread I saw on it had at one point there were like maybe thirteen comments. Seven of them were like gave me uh, Grave of the Fireflies vibes. <laughs> See, I said that, but in a derogatory way. Like, yeah. Well, I this mean, the, the setting is like the setting not is even similar, a, yeah. but like it. this is not the same (laughs) oh my god (laughs) the somebody's like wow this is hajime no ipo in 1945 like yeah good observation i've not read hajime no ipo but i mean it's got over like 1300 chapters there's no way that these two series are like comparable right it'd be like someone's making a uh, like a space pirate thing and they're like it's like one piece in the year 20 2700 <laughs> like i don't think so yeah. <laughs> yeah another thing is like this comment says boxing mixed with 20th century japan like th- what that's like saying <laughs> like a baseball series is like baseball mixed with earth like that's such a broad setting. 20th century Japan is a genre. Years. And I'm honestly, yeah, I'm not even, I'm, I'm sick of people acting like Japan itself is like a genre. Like mm-hmm. all these like YouTube playlists, they're just like aesthetic Japanese <laughs> music. Yep. Like no, nobody's out here like making a playlist of American music and putting like Travis Scott modest mouse and led zeppelin on it but that's how people act when it comes to like japanese music yeah i was gonna people say that, be that like, playlist yeah. that playlist has like luke bryan remixes on it or something <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean maybe wouldn't surprise me if there were people out there who are like yeah i love american music and like mm-hmm. other countries but people don't realize how ridiculous they sound sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man uh, I can't wait for like 20 more weeks of shitting on do retry. It's good oh, to yeah. have a, a new punching bag now that Ginkong Luna's gone and the Fabricate 100 won't yeah. be here at some point. 
a pun a punching bag about boxing yeah exactly <laughs> it's it, it's so fitting <laughs> um all right dude do we want to move into some of the stuff we've been reading uh these past couple weeks yeah so for me i'm continuing to read scans of 80s manga on manga decks Mentioned I started like reading the first two chapters of Kaneku Man last episode, and now I've made it up through like the end of its sort of infamous uh, first life as a gag series and started to move into the like tournament arc that inspired series like Dragon Ball Z after it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because thus far the tournament arc's still pretty much just is a gag series like the C- Kaneku man fights people and is constantly winning just by flukes like you know somebody will accidentally trip and fall and lose the fight hmm. he's he's still like a super weak hero that just wins because he's lucky mm-hmm. um, but it's a it's a fun series like i think in retrospect you know looking back from today's perspective it's not super entertaining but you know, it's still pretty funny. Like, even if it were in the magazine today, I'd still think it were all right. Yeah. And you can definitely see how it influenced series later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost finished finally with Stop Hibari-kun. Um, that series, honestly, like, the more I've gotten into it, it really slaps. The artwork has improved by leaps and bounds since the first chapters. And there's just so many references to like early '80s new wave music. Hmm. Um, there's this, there's this one panel where like a rival male love interest enters the cast, and he's described as being like their school's version of David Sylvian from the band Japan. Oh, that's incredible! I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Has that artist gone on to make anything since? Really? Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> I'm going to mention it because it kind of connects to my YouTube video that I recommended, okay. but he's known for, like, creating the aesthetic of City Pop and, like, really, because I'd mentioned before, like, when I was reading it, like, this feels like it really predates a lot of, like, classic 80s, 90s manga aesthetics because mm-hmm. this came out in, like, the early 80s but it feels like art you'd see in like a sailor moon or yeah ranma one half type of series um but yeah he like since he was like super into new wave music he did a lot of graphics for city pop artists Hmm. but his most like well-known achievement was doing a set of really famous like commercials and branding for Denny's in Japan, <laughs> thus like popularizing the restaurant there. Basically, he would just draw like super, super 80s, like pastel, uh, stylish drawings of girls like wearing Denny's <laughs> uniforms that would That's appear awesome. like on the menus. And yeah, I guess. That's like one of his big claims to fame. He's actually mentioned in Kaneku Man. Like he appears briefly as a background character. Huh. Yeah, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. He has a whole section for advertising. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. He's def- 
he definitely feels like and i this would be the right time for it but he definitely feels like a warholian mangaka mm-hmm. yeah i mean well andy warhol's mentioned on his uh his wikipedia <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> well, yeah, it says like uh, oh, you're right. Pop art has been an influence on his work, so yeah, that that tracks. <laughs> That's crazy, and it says a uh, perfect blue artwork was based off of his mm-hmm. own designs. So that that makes sense too. Yeah, definitely, man. That's yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. I'll yeah, this to, dude's I'll like my new this favorite artist. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely like you. You look up his artwork, and I feel like everything that people associate with, like, aesthetic old anime screenshots, Mm -hmm. like, it all stemmed from this dude. He also had a baseball-themed comedy series when when I was looking back at, like, old jump covers. He had, like, a baseball series called, like, The Something Pirates that was Uh, a comedy. This one's Pirates. yeah, there's like nothing translated from it though, which mm-hmm. which really sucks because mm-hmm. I'd even I'd much rather read that than this one. Yeah, this is yeah, this is I'll I'll need to I'll need to check this one out. Yeah, this dude's the goat, and he doesn't really have much translated out there, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to come. You know, if I had like unlimited funds, if I had like millions of dollars to throw at something, I'd I'd be like getting the best translators out there. Yep, to yeah. get all his works in English. Mm-hmm. Yep, ab- absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get let's get the official Stop Hibarakun translation as well as the uh, the Isobe Isobe Monogatari one from the uh, the high school family yeah. uh, person. <laughs> <laughs> Those are number one and two uh, for the uh, the Tonkaban Publishing Company. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, my manga recommendation this week, so I, or I, I guess what I've been reading, I completed JoJo's Part 6. Um, it was alright. It's definitely my least favorite of the the post-JoJo's uh, Part 3 that I've read. Um, but, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it was still pretty decent, it was JoJo's. But immediately after that, I jumped into uh, Vagabond by uh, Takahiko Inoue um, from uh, Slam Dunk fame. And... Uh, yeah, Vagabond is just straight up like the the best the best manga. <laughs> like, I, oh every, shit! Everything in it is like man, like just go read like the first two or three chapters, and it's it's so telling like just how much better he is than li- literally everyone else. Like the the art is obviously great. I mean, you know, you'll see the panels on Twitter and stuff, but even less than that, just like the flow of it is so pro like every every page has like at max five like speech bubbles on it which is it's doable because it's about like this ronin lone wolf sort of guy so there's really like you know a lot of it has one character but man it's just like you just crush through chapters in like 45 seconds for a lot of it like the first day i picked it up i read 30 chapters <laughs> like in, in one sitting <laughs> yeah, and illustrations wasn't like, are great oh yeah it's it's incredible um he just has like such a a good feel for like you know pacing in the sense of you know how the the actual pages like flow from one to another and i mean the, the story i don't think is anything like super super insane it's just about a guy who's like constantly trying to you know whatever it get stronger um but you yeah. know, all, like a lot of the characters are 
are great. Like some, you know, there's just like a, a lot of really cool characters. One character that has like a, they fight with like a chain and sickle. So like every panel of that is awesome. It's like pretty brutal. Like people get just like straight up stabbed or like there's a, there's a part two where like a guy, he's fighting him with a spear or fight, some fighting some other guy with a spear and the guy just like chops the spear dude's arms off. And there's no moment where Damn. like, you know, in any other manga, that character would like, whatever, pick the spear up with his teeth and like, you know, start like slashing away. And this one, he gets his arms chopped off, screams, and they're like, yeah, he, he got beat. And then everyone just like ends. They're like, oh, yeah, he beat him. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. There's, you know, lots of like cool scenes of like, you know, like, like we've mentioned, just old, old timey Japan. Like, you know, uh, a lot of people just like out there farming that look really great. It just, I mean, it, I think, I really do think it straight up is just the, the best manga. Every aspect of it is flawless. It's so good. <laughs> I found this uh, illustration he did of Monkey to Luffy, and mm-hmm. yeah, it looks it looks so sick. Yep, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, I say it's the best. I don't necessarily think it's like my favorite manga, right? Like, if if you told me like, yeah, I had to reread what this or Haikyuu, I'm still picking Haikyuu. But yeah, every every chapter you read, it's like he he's just so much better at at his job than everyone else. <laughs> like, it really. You know, I don't want to say it has like um, it's like a, a Tonkaban approved, but it's a it's a Cole Greco approved manga where it's super breezy. <laughs> it's super breezy to read, and you know it is like kind of goofy, but it's it's exactly what I want. Like I don't want to be sitting here like yeah. reading the. It, it's the opposite of Elusive Samurai. Like the issue I have with Elusive Samurai is that Matsui sort of goes in in depth about like all these characters and who they are or whatever, and this guy's just like. Yeah, here's this guy. He fights with a spear. And then you see them fight with a spear for a few chapters, and it looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I would recommend Vagabond to to any and, and everyone. Um, it's kind of a shame that it's probably never, ever going to get finished, but uh, I still I still have like a couple hundred chapters to go. But it's – yeah, it's it's great. Um. All right, Jude, do you have any uh, other kind of last-minute recommendations before we head out of here? Yeah, so I got a couple real quick, and they're both uh, YouTube videos. So the first one is what I had sort of alluded to before, but I don't know if you've ever seen any videos by the like manga anime YouTuber Hazel, Mm-mm. but there's this like hour-long video that she dropped like a month ago called Ranking Anime Denny's, and she basically like went through every time like a parody of Denny's appears in an animated series and there's a lot of them because oh, that's sick i guess Denny's is just kind of like the equivalent i mean it kind of is the equivalent of waffle house in america but mm. it has like the exact same connotation in japan except much cleaner mm-hmm but what I mean by that is, like, it's the place where you kind of default to hanging out, like, at night when nothing else is open. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, the hangout spot. And so, it's, like, in anime, they kind of just... It's something you kind of have to include if you're going to make a series about teenagers hanging out. Yeah. So, cool series with a lot of cool, like, art styles that appear in it. Um, similarly, another cool YouTube channel to check out is Yaku Cosmopolitan. Um, 
both of our re or both of our interest in the Power Pros video games got me to like get back into the mainline Japanese series and figure out enough of like how it works to play through a season. Mm-hmm. So I've been really getting into like the Chunichi Dragons. Uh, they recently signed one of the recent player the players recently released by the Cincinnati Reds, Aristides Aquino. Uh, he recently got cut by the Tunisi Dragons. I was going to say, is so. he the guy that just got demoted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like the worst team in the league by far, but I've been playing through a season mode with them and like getting a- acquainted with their players. Mm-hmm. And there's really no way to like stream the games. So this guy's YouTube channel like pretty much follows all the teams and gives you like a weekly breakdown of what they've actually been doing. Hmm what their stats look like, different moves they've made. There are a couple of channels that post like highlights, but this one actually gives you some like legit commentary. So you really know like what's going on behind the scenes. So but pretty cool channel. I was actually looking at this, this too, to see how you can watch NPB games. There is a, there's like a Roku channel called like for the fans or something like that, that shows oh, games at like 1 PM every day or something like that. I've not Whoa. gotten to watch it because I'm I'm at work, but I'll I'll have to send it to you. It like I said, I haven't actually like fired it up to see how it is or see how it works. But from what I can tell, they and they're they're like on delay because they obviously don't play at one p.m. our time. So it's like whenever yeah. you know whenever the game would have ended that day, we'll just get to watch it at one. But it's also it's not like you're going to get spoiled on the score because you know your Bleach Report yeah. app isn't updating you on the, you know the <laughs> the, the the carp game. But yeah, there is there is a, like a Roku channel or something like that 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 does show them. Wow, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I I'll have to check that out. Yeah, and another quick thing that I'm recommending, I'll, I'll send this to you after the episode. But there's, if you look up um, the creator of Hibari-kun's name, Iguchi Hisashi, mm-hmm. and like scroll down a little bit on Google Images, at some point during the early like 80s, late 70s, he drew a picture of the Susume Pirates cast all wearing MLB uniforms from that era. Oh, so, that's awesome. Really sick illustration that I'm probably going to make my Twitter header after this. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, my recommendation this week is the new record from the band Drain called Living Proof. Um, it's it's awesome. It's uh, they're from like San Jose, I think, or something like that. Um, but they're part of this like greater sort of Bay Area hardcore scene that's really popping up right now with like, well, you know, they're not a band anymore, but like Gulch or Tsunami, Hands of God. Um, they're a part of that that kind of wave and uh yeah it's good it's uh hardcore for for the spring and summertime hardcore to listen to while while sweating hardcore for you know windows down it's uh yeah it rocks there's also a cover on it of a um a descendant song which isn't a band that i particularly oh, like sick. but this song uh goes pretty hard so yeah rec- recommend that if you you know at least checking that song out if you're less into like you know, hardcore and more into like pop punky kind of kind of stuff. It's I think it's it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, check that out. Lots of it sounds very uh very beachy. They opened they at least used to open their shows using like the the Jaws kind of track. 
<laughs> um, and you know, they like people commonly bring like boogie boards and stuff to to crowd surf on at their shows. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. They have a they had a song uh, a while back called California Cursed, where the singer says something about the the sunshine state, which uh, isn't California, which is pretty hilarious too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's Florida. But yeah, yeah, check out check out Living Proof. Uh, good, just good record by a band that uh, has has been around for a little bit. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for us. Uh, this week on Sunday, we'll have our next uh, Week with Shonen Jump episode, and then we haven't actually kind of figured out when we're going to start our next uh, series, but we should be having more on that coming up pretty soon, maybe maybe next week. So, uh, as usual, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see you on uh, Sunday. <laughs>